Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Scriptures, and it says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to preach tonight about abounding in adversity in a seminar that was facilitated by the director of the Missouri Department of Mental Health. And as I sat there, I heard the statistics, and one of the statistics really alarmed me. The statistic was that in a recent survey of Missouri youth, ages are grades 6 through 12, it was discovered that 14.8% of these young people, almost 100,000 surveyed, had seriously contemplated taking their lives. 6.8% of them actually attempted to take their life. Sitting beside me was a young lady who had a concerned look on her face, and I asked her what brought her to the seminar, and she said, I'm a mother, and my child has been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And she said, I'm here in this seminar on adolescent suicide because I'm concerned. Every day I am concerned that he may do something to harm himself. You may not be experiencing that type of adversity. You may not be facing that kind of trial, but all of us are dealing with something. All of us are facing some challenges, some experiences that stretch us perhaps in a direction that we don't want to be stretched in. The Apostle Paul was no exception to this rule. Uh, no exception to this universal reality. Although he was a sainted, wise apostle, greatly used of God, we find him in this text facing adversity. 
He didn't get a pass. He didn't get an exemption. He was not able to clip out of adversity. He is in this text facing adversity. We find him learning, and if you compare this to the passage that we shared in our responsive reading, we find him learning how to abound in the midst of the adversity. Who have you heard recently say, I have learned to delight in weaknesses? I have learned to delight in my troubles. I have learned to delight in insults. That's not language that we are customarily used to. In the passage in Philippians, he said, I've learned in whatsoever. See, that's where God wants to get us. He wants to get us to the whatsoever state because he lives. I've learned to be content. I've learned to abound, and I've learned to do without. In whatsoever state I am, Paul said, I have learned to be content. Why, Paul? He says, because I've learned I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. When I read this passage and the parallel passages in the New Testament, and this idea of abounding in adversity, I asked the text a question. How do we abound in adversity? What is it about adversity that helps us to abound? Because it's obvious in this text when we look at it in the spiritual realm, adversity is not as much an enemy as it is a friend. And when I asked the text that question, three things emerged. First of all, adversity exposes the purposes of God. We find the Apostle Paul pleading to God in this text. And the reason he's pleading is that there is something that he describes that he defines as a thorn in the flesh. He says, it's a thorn in the flesh and it's buffeting me. In fact, the Greek word translated buffet in the King James means literally slapping me around. It's slapping me around. And you know, we can do a lot of uh, work on the etymology of the word, but at the very lowest denominator, what he's saying, it hurts. He said, this thorn in the flesh, it hurts. As I thought about it, I wanted to tell you, it's a kind of generic thorn in the flesh. It's a kind of spiritual generic because it's a spiritual fill in the blank. It could be emotional, could be physical, it could be psychological, could be financial, relational, or spiritual. And the idea that it is a thorn going back to Genesis 3 means that it reflects and represents our fallenness. We all are struggling with something, something that slaps us around. And look what he says. He says, it was given to me. The thorn is an expression of God's permissive will permissive will. See, don't ever give the devil so much power that he can do with us whatever he wants. We read a passage from Job tonight, and the devil had to ask the Lord permission to bring adversity into Job's life. God's plan was to use this thorn to help Paul. In fact, twice in the text, we are told why the thorn was given. Paul was privy to great revelations. In fact, in the most immediate context of the text, he was caught up in the third heaven. 
And he saw things that words could not describe. And the Bible says that God gave him this adversity. He gave him this challenge to keep him humble. Do you all believe tonight that the Lord knows what's best for us? He knows what we need. That's why some prayers he says no to. That's why some prayers he says wait a while because he knows how we would act if we really got what we wanted. Some things he leaves in our lives to allow us to struggle with because he knows if everything is smooth and easy, we might quit showing up at prayer meeting or Sunday school if everything was smooth. And I'm here because I need a blessing. I'm here because I need I need a blessing. Isaiah said in Isaiah 49 and 11 that God will turn the mountains in our lives into roads. Some of you may be familiar with the name Kim Wicks. Kim is a Korean-American Christian. She is a gospel recording artist. She's blind. She was a Fulbright scholar, and she sings as a soloist at many of the Billy Graham Crusades. She was three years old living in South Korea in 1950 when the North Koreans attacked her village. An exploding bomb near her detached both of her retinas and she was left blind. Kim was rescued, but her father and mother took her 200 miles to a missionary orphanage and left her and deserted her as a three-year-old child. There in the orphanage, a missionary began to notice her. This child, this blind child, had a beautiful voice and recommended her to an American adoption agency. She was adopted by the George Wicks family in Indiana. And at the age of 12 years old in 1959, at a Billy Graham crusade in Indianapolis, Indiana, she accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal savior. She developed her musical gift, and in 1974, she sang at the World Congress of Evangelization in Lausanne, Switzerland. Despite the adversity, God worked out something very beautiful in her life. William Shakespeare said, Sweet are the uses of adversity, which like a toad, though ugly and venomous, wears yet a precious jewel on his head. Wonderful book. It's called The, the Grand Weaver. The basic premise of the book is that God shapes us and molds us through the events and experiences of our lives. What I'm telling you tonight is adversity does not dispose God's purposes for us. Adversity exposes God's purposes for us. You know, a few years ago, I was at a hospital here in our area supporting a member who was getting ready to have surgery for cancer. Family and friends were there, and I was sitting there at the hospital early that morning, and I was praying. I was asking God because this was a serious surgery, and doctor wasn't sure if they would be able to get all the cancer. I was praying. I was asking God, Lord, what can I say to this family? What can I say to this, this member who is facing this horrendous crisis that will really encourage them? And I looked around in the waiting room, and that morning, I saw something that blessed my heart and allowed me to share something that blessed this family I saw a woman, I saw a woman weaving, knitting what looked like a beautiful, colorful sweater. 
had all kinds of beautiful colors in it, and it was taking shape. And then as I was looking at the, the colors, all the spectrum of colors in the sweater, she flipped it over. And when she flipped it over on the backside, it was not that attractive. It was not that pretty. It was not that appealing. And it occurred to me that that's the way our lives are. Is that sometimes it takes adversity for the garment to flip, for the garment to flip, and for us to see our situation in a different light. What we thought was ugly, painful, unusual, disappointing, frustrating, when God flips it over, it becomes a beautiful garment. It is still true today that all things works together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He doesn't always use beautiful, bright color thread. Sometimes he uses dark thread, but he knows what he's doing because he is the grand weaver. And Paul had to understand and learn that God had the power to move this impediment, but he left it there because he wanted to use it to expose the purposes that he had for Paul. Adversity also ensures the promises of God. It doesn't just expose the purpose of God, but it ensures the promises of God. I have read this passage many times. It's one of my favorite passages in the Word of God. And today it occurred to me that when you read it, there is no new or fresh endowment of spiritual resources offered in this text. God doesn't give Paul something else. What God does is simply remind him that what, I'm not making it up, that what he has is enough. There is no fresh, fresh funding of grace. There is no additional resources provided. God, when he does speak to Paul, he says to him, my grace. That grace that saved you on the Damascus Road, that grace that sanctifies you, it is sufficient. And interestingly, in the original, sufficient is not an adverb. It doesn't qualify the verb. It is the verb. It's grace that keeps on giving. Listen, our grace, the grace God gives us is like a hallmark card. It keeps on giving. It gives on Monday. It gives on Tuesday. It keeps on giving. It gives when it's raining. It gives when it's, it's sunshine. It keeps on giving. It gives on the mountain. It gives in the valley. It keeps on giving. It gives when you're in a crowd full of people. It gives when you're by yourself. It keeps on giving. Adversity ensures us, ensures us of the promises of God. How many of us are sitting here tonight who thought when we were facing the challenge we couldn't get through? But in the midst of it, we found that there was strength. We found there was resolve that we did not know we had. Some of us are facing adversity and we are not abounding because we forget. He didn't just save us part of the way. He saved us all the way. Nothing will separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Adversity ensures the promises of God. Adversity exposes the purposes of God. But lest I keep you too long, adversity also engages the power of God. Faced with adversity, Paul prayed, and so should we. In fact, I would suggest this to you, that adversity has a way of taking our prayer life to a whole nother level. 
I mean, when we're really into it, when we're really going through it, we ain't worried about being cute. We're not worried about impressing nobody. We're not worried about mascara running, hats tipping, none of that stuff. We just fall on our knees and pray. In that sense, adversity can be our servant and not our master. When you are really going through adversity, when you're really going through the storm, you don't do none of that drive-through stuff, that a la carte, that microwave stuff. You will pray through your situation. When you know can't nobody fix it but the Lord. When you know you've come to the end of yourself. When you know you have nowhere else to turn, you will pray through. Paul prayed And it says three times in the text, and I think and believe in my heart, the only reason why we have three times is that God answered at the third time. If he hadn't answered at the third time, he pleaded, Paul would have kept on praying. You know why I know that? Because Paul says in another place, pray without ceasing. When you're going through adversity, you will be determined to engage the power of God. Prayer is power. It is the primary means by which we access the power of God. We engage in prayer, the power of God. And then this text says that God responded to Paul, not only telling him that his grace is sufficient, ensuring the promises of God, but he also said to him, my strength, my strength. Not your strength, Paul, but my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's amazing. That's paradox. It doesn't fit with the way we think about things. How can I be strong when I'm weak? Because it's when we get to an end of ourselves that God will work. When we get to an end of our abilities and our faults and and all of our efforts to try to resolve an issue, God will work. And God will manifest himself in our situation. I love the New Living Translation of this part of the text. It says, my power works best in your weakness. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.